Hey everybody, thanks for joining me today on the How Much Greater Podcast. This is Mark Scott, and today's episode will be a Mark's message, which means it's going to be a little bit longer, probably around 10 minutes or so. Before we jump into today's content, I want to remind you to follow us on Twitter at How Much Greater, or we are on Instagram, not really that present on Instagram, but Instagram, How Much Greater underscore 311. And I also invite you to join our Facebook group, and of course, Subscribe to this podcast on Podbean or find us on iTunes by searching for How Much Greater with Mark Scott. And remember, that's Mark with a C. All right, guys, we are in John chapter 9, and this one is entitled, I Can See Clearly Now, Religion's Gone. And I would love to uh, play the clip from uh, song Clearly, the Grace Vanderwall version. And yes, I will go ahead and admit it right now. I'm a Grace Vanderwall fan. You can make fun of me. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, but her version of Clearly, I can see clearly now. The rain is gone. You know, all that stuff, that song. It's pretty cool stuff. Anyway, I can see clearly now. Religion's gone. John chapter 9 has a fascinating... Um, episode scene that uh, that plays out so we learn in the beginning there's this man that's been born uh, that has been blind from birth and so a religious question is asked it's posed right at the beginning and that is who sinned who's at fault who's to blame basically is this question and it's a religious question because that's what religion is about is finding fault and blame and trying to figure out how to fix that Verse 3, Jesus answers that neither sinned, neither the, this person, this man, young man, or his parents. And Jesus says kind of a remarkable statement here. He says, this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Hmm. That's a little bit to ponder there. Um, don't know how I'm feeling about that right up front, but just let that sit with you for a while. Verse 6, Jesus intentionally um, chooses the method he's going to use to heal this guy. And it's, it's pretty weird on the surface. So he puts mud in the man's eyes. And then he has him go wash in the pool of Siloam. And verse 7 says, so the man went and washed and came home seeing. Whoa! There's your miracle right there, okay? Um, sorry. So before we continue on, just a quick caveat here. I would refer you to Bruxy Cavey um, and the Meeting House. Uh, it's a great ministry to follow anyway, but if you want to hear some interesting teachings and stuff, uh, Bruxy Cavey is the teaching pastor at the Meeting House. It's in Canada. And um, he really unpacks this story and talks about this whole reason that Jesus put mud and had him go wash off the mud um, in, this, in this way that he did and, and before the, the religious people um, and all of that. And I'm not going to get into that, but it, there's actually some, some kind of rich, deep meaning and um, pretty direct, uh, offensive undertones to what's going on here as Jesus takes on the religious establishment in yet another way. But continuing on, though, in verse 11, 
we've got the testimony of the man. And uh, he, he kind of explains his account of what happened. And he just tells them the facts, just lays out the facts of what happened. And uh, it makes me think of that scene in A Few Good Men. Kevin Bacon is playing Captain Jack Ross. That's his character. And there's this line in the courtroom where he says, these are the facts and they are undisputed. Uh, as he rattles off some of the, the facts to the case. And that's kind of what's going on here. These are the facts. Just the facts, ma'am. Okay. And then we move along. So what we discover here is that this miracle has happened. Jesus has healed this man. He was born blind. Now he sees. That's amazing. But yet again, Jesus heals again on the Sabbath. Mm-mm-mm. Takes, takes on the Sabbath. We already had an episode called The Sabbath Sinner. It's the, in, from John chapter 5 with the, the invalid, with the disabled man and his mat. And nothing has changed from then to now in the reaction from the religious. Okay, So in verse 16, it says, Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. They glossed right over the healing and went right to the religious rule. However, there's this difference now that happens, an add-on. And there's this second part of verse 16 that we don't see in John 5, and it's this. But others asked, how can a sinner do such miraculous signs? And then here's the key words. So they were divided. And... You know, at first, that first reaction, the group that reacted the way they did about healing on the Sabbath, just illustrates just how blind, pun intended here, religion can make someone. Even common sense among atheists would react that this is incredible. Even if you don't believe in God at all, to see a man that you knew, he's been walking around blind all this time, and then all of a sudden he can see, and it's a even if you don't want to claim it's a miracle, you go, this is incredible. Wow, this is amazing. You know, you'd have a normal human reaction to that. But religion clouds even that. So we're going on with this story, and it unfolds even more. In verse 21, parents are questioned. The, the, the blind man's parents are questioned, but they didn't want to get involved. All right? So they say in verse 23, he's of age. Now, this is an interesting phrase. He's of age. You can ask him. So what does of age mean? Um, so we could explore that in several different ways. Are you of age once you're past the age of 12? Are you of age when you're a little bit older? So this, this could be a teenager, actually, what we're talking about. Uh, this whole idea of adolescence as we know it, really, the, you were either a child or an adult, all right? That didn't have this segment of society that they considered in between, really. So... Could this mean that this man that we're talking about, this young man, is actually a teenager? And that would mean he's a young man that's known throughout the community. This is an interesting, really, um, aspect to this, if, if that is true, to just think about this. You've got this young guy, um, maybe a teenager, an older kid, basically, in the community that has had his sight restored. All right, so people would know him throughout the community and, and know of his story. It's, it's, it's just interesting to think about this religious reaction, if that is true in that setting. But moving on, verse 24, the Pharisees then claim that Jesus is a sinner. So we had this thing happen in, in John 8 where they claimed he was demon-possessed anyway, so not a big leap here. And then my favorite verse of 
John 9 and of this whole story and really a profound reminder for us of all we need to know is just, just to tell this and keep it simple. The man who had been healed and had his sight restored, here's his reply, verse 25. Whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. <laughs> I just love that. Um, and then comes what I think is a little comic relief in the story, at least for me. I can't read this verse without getting a chuckle. It's in verse 27. Uh, let, me, let me find it here. He, uh, they ask him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And in verse 27, the man says, I've told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? <laughs> and then they hurled insults at him. Okay, so let's think about this for a second. If this is true, a young man, even if he's not a young man, he's a little bit older, you've got this religious establishment, the religious leaders of this community who know this person who's been blind, he has this miraculous healing. They can't process it that way. They don't like what they've seen. They're so, so steeped in their religion that they start insulting this person, not celebrating, not rejoicing, insulting someone who has experienced this transformation. Religion doesn't make them righteous. It doesn't make them holy. It makes them mean. And in verse 34, there are the words, and they threw him out. Kicked him out of the synagogue. So it continues on verses 35 through 41, and I just want to unpack this a little bit more. So, Jesus has an encounter with the man who had his sight given to him. And this final passage represents the whole gospel position toward religion in a nutshell. Powerful. We have a person who has had a genuine encounter with Jesus Christ, which leads to life transformation, which, by the way, side note here, I believe are the only two characteristics that we find common among all disciples in the New Testament. Not church attendance, not prayer ritual, not fasting, not observing the law, not Bible study, scripture study, not tithing. There's not a characteristic that you will find that is common across the board and consistent with all disciples throughout the New Testament. Now, some disciples will represent some of those characteristics and some will represent others, but not all of them together in all disciples. The only two things you will find that's true of all genuine disciples throughout the New Testament is that they have a genuine encounter with Jesus Christ, and then life transformation. And this person, this person that experiences this is isolated, rejected, ostracized for no good reason. His reality challenged the power structure of the religious institution, and for that reason alone, he is blamed and he is condemned. And he actually did nothing wrong. So I am emphasizing this point because if by miraculous chance there's anybody listening to this that is a skeptic or that is 
curious about this Christianity thing or about this Jesus thing, but you just can't get on board with some of the religious aspects, or if you've been hurt by the church or an institution or another religion or anything like that, those who feel like you are on the outside looking in, trying to figure out this Christianity thing, understand that this is what religion does well. It does well with labels and categorizing people as in or out, people as good or bad, safe or lost, saved or unsaved. It masters in dualistic thinking where everything neatly fits in a black and white, right and wrong worldview with little connection or even care sometimes for the real human condition. In summary, all of this about what religion is about is the opposite of the approach that Jesus takes. If there is clear condemnation from Jesus in this closing passage in John chapter 9, it's actually toward religion. This man, think about this, is thrown out of religion. He's thrown out of religion and is now able to see and worship Jesus, as the scriptures tell us in John chapter 9. He had to, get this, he had to re leave religion to find the Christ. This is where I would cue Grace Vanderwall's song, by the way. Play it in the background. Boom! I can see clearly now. It's actually the religious who are blind. And to wrap this up, let me read straight out of the scriptures, verses 39 and 40 from John chapter 9. Sorry, I'm... I'm going through pages here, finding it. I'm actually using a Bible, not an app or anything, an actual Bible that has pages that you turn. It's crazy. I know. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up though. Here we go. Okay. For Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What? Are we blind too? Thanks for listening. Have a great day.